0: You are now tuned into World War II Stories. I'm your host, Steve Matthews, and I'm here to take you on a journey through the whirlwind of historical events that shaped our world and defined generations. Stay tuned every Tuesday and Thursday as we delve into the riveting, inspiring, and sometimes tragic stories from World War II. We'll meet the brave men and women who stood up to tyranny. We'll explore clandestine operations and daring escapes. And we'll pay tribute to the resilience of the human spirit in times of extreme adversity. Also, be sure to check out our other podcast focusing on World War I, the conflict that set the stage for the global turmoil that followed. Use the link in the description below. In the vast expanses of the Pacific, nestled within the warm waters, lies the Bismarck Archipelago, a cluster of islands that, under ordinary circumstances, might have been simply a tropical paradise, was transformed by the brutal realities of World War II into a strategic fulcrum that could tilt the balance of power in this broad, tumultuous theater. The archipelago became a stage for one of the most significant air-sea battles of the Pacific War, one that would send ripples through the campaigns that followed and leave an indelible imprint on the annals of military history, the Battle of the Bismarck Sea. At the center of this impending storm stood two prominent figures, General Douglas MacArthur, the seasoned, determined American military leader, whose ambitious island-hopping strategy aimed to liberate and bypass islands in a methodical push towards Japan, and Admiral Isoroku Yamamoto, the seasoned Japanese naval commander, a veteran of the Russo-Japanese War, and architect of the Pearl Harbor attack. Both men were faced with difficult decisions and insurmountable pressure from their respective chains of command. Leading up to the battle, the atmosphere was pregnant with tension. The Pacific War had seen a seesaw of power with neither side able to secure a decisive advantage. Every battle, every island, every ship, and every man would count. The Bismarck Sea was about to become the crucible where strategies would be tested, heroes would emerge and the path of the war would take a pivotal turn. Chapter 1. The Stage is Set In the vast Pacific theater of World War II, the Bismarck Archipelago was more than just a smattering of tropical islands. It was a prized jewel on the strategic chessboard, a geographically critical position that could dictate the flow of the Pacific War. One man who recognized the importance of this cluster of islands was General Douglas MacArthur, a soldier with an innate strategic mind, hardened by the harsh lessons of the previous global conflict and the ongoing clash of world powers. Known for his determination and strategic acumen, MacArthur was a driving force in the Pacific campaign. His eyes were set on the Bismarck archipelago, as it held the key to his bold island-hopping strategy. Aiming to isolate and bypass heavily fortified Japanese positions while securing bases for the continued push towards Japan. The Bismarck Archipelago, located to the northeast of New Guinea and home to vital harbors and airstrips, was, in essence, a lifeline for the Japanese in the southwest Pacific. The nearby harbor of Rabaul, situated on the island of New Britain, had been transformed by the Japanese into a significant naval base sheltering their fleets and reinforcing their defences. By controlling the Bismarck archipelago, the Japanese could strengthen their hold over the surrounding regions and protect their critical supply lines. However, it was not just about logistics or strategic planning. These islands were marked by dense, lush jungles, exotic wildlife, and warm tropical weather interspersed with occasional bouts of torrential rain the heavy humidity and intense sun could be as relentless and punishing as any enemy. This was the landscape that the men from both sides found themselves in, a paradise transformed into a battlefield, where natural beauty and danger resided side by side. The plot thickened when an important Japanese convoy set sail, with a mission to resupply their troops in La, New Guinea. The game was on, and the Bismarck Archipelago was about to witness a clash of titans a test of resolve between two determined adversaries, both well aware of the high stakes. The stage was set for a fierce contest that would see strategic wits, tactical expertise, and human courage locked in a dance of destruction and survival. Amid the stirring drama of war, two towering figures were at the helm, playing out their parts in the unfolding Pacific saga. They were men of contrasting styles but similarly steely resolve, both determined to shape the destiny of the war in their favor. General Douglas MacArthur was a man of stature and reputation. Tall and imposing, with his signature corncob pipe and aviator sunglasses, he was the epitome of an American military leader. A decorated veteran of World War I and a highly respected strategist, MacArthur carried the weight of American expectations on his shoulders. His determination was unyielding his vision clear the general was unflinching in his pursuit of victory and took to his task with a single-minded focus he was the mind behind the ingenious island-hopping strategy and his gaze was fixed on the strategic jewel of the pacific the bismarck archipelago on the other side of this chess game was admiral isoroku yamamoto the mastermind behind the infamous attack on pearl harbor known for his intelligence tactical genius and respected among his peers, Yamamoto held the reins of the Japanese Combined Fleet. Yamamoto was a seasoned sailor, a man who knew the sea and the art of naval warfare. He was wary of the industrial might of the United States and understood that holding the Bismarck Archipelago was crucial to maintaining Japanese influence in the Pacific. As the stakes rose and the tension mounted, these two men were set to clash over the vital waters of the Bismarck Sea. Their decisions, strategies, and ability to respond to the unpredictable nature of warfare would ultimately shape the course of the battle, and with it, the fate of the Pacific War. The stage was set, and the players were ready, both aware that in war, there is often little room for error and no chance for a second act. In the days leading up to the battle, a sense of unease permeated the Pacific air the southwestern Pacific Theater had been a seesaw of control with no decisive power emerging victorious. Amid this volatile situation, the Bismarck Archipelago was glowing like a beacon, attracting the attention of the two warring sides. In the bustling corridors of the southwest Pacific Area Command, MacArthur was brewing a new strategy. He sensed an opportunity, a chance to strike a significant blow to the Japanese control in the Pacific. His eyes scanned maps of the area, fingers tracing the contour lines that marked the Bismarck Archipelago. There was a certain glint in his eyes, the anticipation of a seasoned soldier smelling an impending victory. Meanwhile, thousands of miles away in Japan, Admiral Yamamoto was grappling with his own set of problems. He knew that losing the Bismarck Archipelago would mean a serious blow to the Japanese war effort. The news of the American offensive building up in the Pacific had reached him, and he was no stranger to the indomitable spirit of his enemy. The room was heavy with the responsibility he carried. Every ship, every soldier, every decision could change the tide of the war. The Pacific, with its cerulean waters and tropical islands, was about to become a turbulent battlefield. As tensions rose, so did preparations for the imminent clash. On one side of the Pacific, men in olive drab were loading planes and checking their machines. On the other side, men in naval white were charting courses and preparing their own formidable force. The sea breeze carried whispers of the storm that was to come, a storm that would engulf the Bismarck Sea and its surrounding archipelago, forever marking it as a crucial point in the annals of World War II. Chapter 2 The Road to Conflict In the hushed halls of the Allied Command Center, a bold strategy was taking shape. General Douglas MacArthur, the man at the heart of this operation, was driving a plan that was as daring as it was decisive. The strategy hinged on the element of surprise and the overwhelming use of air power. The objective was clear, disrupt the Japanese supply lines, and weaken their hold over the southwestern Pacific. MacArthur was not alone in this task. Lieutenant General George Kenney, the head of Allied Air Forces in the Southwest Pacific area, was a key figure in shaping this operation. A man of action and innovation, Kenny believed in the power of air superiority. Together, he and MacArthur made a formidable team. Their idea was revolutionary for its time an all-out aerial offensive aimed at the Japanese convoy. In the heart of the Allied air bases, preparations were in full swing. Aircrew were briefed about the mission, their targets, and the potential risks. Crewmen hustled around their aircraft, checking and rechecking equipment, loading torpedoes and bombs. B-17 Flying Fortresses, B-25 Mitchells, and bowfighters, among others, were prepped and primed for action. This was a new type of warfare and aerial convoy attack at a scale never seen before. Simultaneously, intelligence officers were busy gathering and interpreting data. Every bit of information about the Japanese convoy, its route, its expected timeline, and the defenses were crucial. Reconnaissance aircraft soared over the sea, their pilots' eyes scouring the vast expanse for signs of the Japanese ships. The strategy was set. The men were ready. In the glow of the setting Pacific sun, engines roared to life. The air was thick with anticipation. As the first planes taxied onto the runway, a new chapter in the Pacific War was about to begin. The Allies were poised to strike, their sights set firmly on the Japanese convoy sailing towards the Bismarck Sea. Far across the vast expanse of the Pacific, a formidable Japanese convoy was plowing through the waves. This fleet was the lifeline for the Japanese troops stationed in La, New Guinea. Commanded by Vice Admiral Gunichi Makawa, a seasoned naval officer known for his calm demeanor and tactical mind, the convoy's task was clear but challenging, to transport a significant number of troops and supplies to bolster Japanese defenses. Vice Admiral Makawa knew the risks of the mission. He was aware of the American presence in the region and understood the likelihood of an attack. But the orders were clear, and the task was crucial. His convoy, codenamed Operation 81, consisted of eight destroyers and eight troop transports carrying approximately 7,000 soldiers and supplies. The men were ready, the cargo secure, and the ships in good condition. The convoy's route was carefully planned intending to use the cover of darkness and the scattered islands of the Bismarck archipelago as protection. The days were filled with constant vigilance, while the nights brought a heightened sense of anxiety. Lookouts kept their eyes peeled for any sign of enemy aircraft or ships, and anti-aircraft guns stood ready. Despite the treacherous waters and the looming threat of an Allied attack, there was a sense of determination among the Japanese convoy. Soldiers traded stories and bolstered each other's spirits while the ship's crews kept a sharp watch. They were a critical cog in Japan's war machine, and they knew it. The Pacific Ocean, with its relentless waves and unpredictable weather, was a challenging adversary. But the Japanese convoy pressed on, determined to complete their mission. In this game of cat and mouse, the Japanese convoy was the proverbial mouse navigating the vast ocean and hoping to elude the Allied cat. But as they moved closer to their destination, the threat of an Allied attack was becoming increasingly real. The Bismarck Sea was looming ahead, and so was the inevitable showdown. Amidst the tension brewing in the Pacific, an unexpected twist of fate was about to give the Allies an upper hand. It was the breakthrough they had been waiting for. A blip on a radar screen, A hurriedly decoded message, and soon, the Allied command was buzzing with activity. Their prey, the Japanese convoy, had been located. At the heart of this discovery was the work of Allied intelligence officers and the invaluable role of radio intercepts. Men and women who were more comfortable with codes and ciphers than guns and grenades played their part in this unfolding drama. Their job, as unglamorous as it may have seemed, was crucial to the Allied strategy. Word reached General MacArthur and Lieutenant General Kenny that the Japanese convoy had been sighted and was making its way through the Bismarck Sea. The news brought a sense of urgency and excitement. Their strategy was about to be put to the test, and the men knew the importance of the task ahead. In the hangars, pilots were roused from their sleep, mechanics hustled to ready the aircraft, and ground crew scrambled to load the necessary ordnance. The air bases sprung to life as men and machines prepared for the looming showdown. Every man knew the mission's importance. The Japanese convoy represented a significant threat to the Allied campaign in the Pacific. It had to be stopped. The air was thick with anticipation as pilots climbed into their cockpits, their faces set in grim determination. The roar of the engines drowned out any last-minute doubts. As the first aircraft lifted off the ground and into the twilight sky, the Allies had one goal in mind—intercept and destroy the Japanese convoy in the Bismarck Sea. The game was afoot. Chapter 3 The Battle Unfolds The Day of Reckoning Had Arrived The Early Morning Hours of March 2, 1943 were marked by a cacophony of engines warming up, the murmuring of prayers, and the clanking of weapons. The stage was set for one of the most dramatic air-sea battles of the Pacific War. Leading the attack was General Ennis Whitehead, a competent and tough-minded tactician. His orders were simple, yet daunting, take control of the sky above the Bismarck Sea and cripple the Japanese convoy below. An armada of Allied planes, a mixture of heavy and medium bombers, took off from their airfields. The B 17 Flying Fortresses, with their distinct silhouette and formidable firepower, were the spearhead of this aerial assault. As the first rays of dawn pierced the morning fog, the Japanese convoy appeared as dark specks on the ocean's expanse. The pilots tightened their grip on the controls, their hearts pounding in their chests. The attack began with high-altitude bombing by the B-17s. The once serene Pacific morning was shattered by the deafening roar of the aircraft and the earth-shaking explosions of bombs. On the ships below, the Japanese scrambled to respond. Anti-aircraft guns roared to life, their tracers cutting bright paths across the sky. The ocean churned with the concussion of bomb impacts, while smoke began to billow from the wounded ships. Yet, amidst the chaos and violence, the attack was only just beginning. The stage was set, the opening moves made. The Battle of the Bismarck Sea was unfolding in all its fury, with the iron will of the Allies pitted against the resolute defense of the Japanese. The destiny of the southwestern Pacific hung in the balance. Under the glaring Pacific sun, the air battle raged on. Allied pilots swooped and swerved in the skies unleashing a torrent of bombs and bullets onto the Japanese convoy. This wasn't just an attack, it was an airborne onslaught. The B-17s were soon joined by a fleet of B-25 Mitchells and bowfighters, fighters, each pilot determined to play their part in this critical operation. Among the Allied pilots was Captain Richard Ira Bong, a skilled and fearless aviator who would later become America's top flying ace in the war. Despite the chaos and danger surrounding him, Bomb masterfully maneuvered his aircraft, diving dangerously low to ensure his attack's accuracy. Every strafing run, every released Bomb, brought with it a mix of terror and awe. Down below, the Japanese convoy was feeling the full fury of the attack. Ships that had once confidently sailed through the Pacific were now smoldering wrecks. Men scrambled on the decks dousing fires, returning fire, and helping the wounded. Vice Admiral Makawa, aboard his flagship, could only watch as his convoy bore the brunt of the onslaught. But the Japanese were far from defeated. Their anti-aircraft guns filled the sky with a curtain of lethal steel. Despite the punishing attack, they managed to keep the majority of their transports afloat. The battle was proving to be a testament to their resolve the sky over the Bismarck Sea had transformed into a deadly dance floor, where the dancers were planes and ships, and the music was the thunder of guns and the roar of engines. As the day wore on, the intensity of the battle showed no signs of abating. For every aircraft that retreated, another took its place, each bringing with it the allies' unwavering resolve to halt the Japanese advance. As the day turned into night and the battle raged into its second day, the scale began to tip. The relentless assault by the Allies was wearing down the Japanese convoy. More and more ships were burning or sinking, their remains bobbing on the ocean's surface. The once formidable convoy was losing its strength. In the midst of this chaos, an Allied pilot named Jay Zemer, known among his comrades for his courage and skill, undertook a mission that would be instrumental in changing the tide. Flying his B-17 low and dodging anti-aircraft fire, Zimmer made several daring bombing runs that left multiple Japanese ships in flames. His bravery under fire was a testament to the courage of the men involved in this deadly aerial onslaught. Despite the fierce resistance, Vice Admiral Makawa could see the situation deteriorating. His fleet, once a symbol of Japanese naval power, was now a scene of devastation but surrender was not an option. Even as their ships sank around them, the Japanese soldiers fought with indomitable spirit. The turning point came with the sinking of the Japanese transport ship Kayakusi Maru. Once the largest vessel in the convoy, it was now reduced to a burning wreck. The sight was a clear sign the Allies were gaining the upper hand. As night fell on the second day, The ocean was ablaze with the wreckage of the Japanese fleet. The sky, once filled with the thunder of engines and explosions, was now eerily quiet. The tides of fortune had turned in the Allies' favor, but at a heavy cost. The Battle of the Bismarck Sea was a brutal testament to the harsh realities of war. Yet, it was a crucial victory, a turning point in the Pacific War. The Japanese advance had been halted, at least for now. Chapter 4 The Victor Emerges As the smoke cleared and the fires burned out, the aftermath of the two-day battle was horrifically visible. The once-formidable Japanese convoy was shattered. Ships that were supposed to transport troops and supplies to New Guinea were now twisted wrecks, their hulls torn open, decks ablaze, and many disappearing beneath the waves. Vice Admiral Makawa Who had navigated the convoy through the Bismarck Sea with determination, now stood on the deck of his remaining destroyer, surveying the heartbreaking sight. The mission was a failure. He had lost not just eight transport ships, but also over 3,000 men. The courageous soldiers he was entrusted to protect were now casualties of the unforgiving war. A hush fell over the battle scarred sea, only broken by the groans of the dying ships and the cries of the wounded. The ocean was a graveyard, a reminder of the ferocity of the battle that had just taken place. Yet, even in this devastation, the Japanese spirit was not entirely crushed. Surviving soldiers clung to wreckage, fighting for their lives amid the ruins of their convoy. The broken convoy was a sight that signified not just a military defeat, but also the beginning of the end for Japanese dominance in the South Pacific. The loss was devastating and the reverberations were felt all the way to Tokyo. The might of the Imperial Japanese Navy had been significantly weakened, and this was a blow from which it would struggle to recover. The remnants of the once formidable convoy were a haunting testament to the Battle of the Bismarck Sea, a stark symbol of a turning point in the Pacific War. The broken ships, the lost lives, and the failed mission marked a significant shift in the tide of the conflict, one that favored the Allies. In the aftermath of the battle, analysis began on how the Allies had achieved such a decisive victory. Central to their success was a daring and strategic plan orchestrated by Generals MacArthur and Kenney and flawlessly executed by their men in the sky. Their strategy, in its essence, was a calculated risk. Instead of launching a high-altitude bombing raid, the Allies opted for low-altitude attacks. Designed to increase accuracy and lethality. This tactic was fraught with danger as it brought their aircraft within the effective range of Japanese anti aircraft guns. Yet, it was a risk they were willing to take, and it paid off. Also crucial to the Allies' success was their control of the skies. The audacity and skill of pilots such as Captain Richard Ira Bong and Jay Zimmer played a significant role in maintaining air superiority. Their brave and relentless attacks disrupted the Japanese convoy and whittled down its defenses. Another element in the winning strategy was the extensive use of intelligence. The Allies' ability to intercept and decipher Japanese communications was key to their timely knowledge of the convoy. This advanced warning allowed them to prepare their attack, maximizing its impact. The final factor was the tenacity of the Allied forces from the highest-ranking generals to the brave men in the sky and the intelligence officers back at base, each played their part to perfection. Their commitment and courage were paramount to their success. The winning strategy of the Battle of the Bismarck Sea was a combination of daring tactics, intelligence, air superiority, and undying resolve. The Allied forces had turned their knowledge into power, their courage into action, and their actions into victory. It was a strategy that not only won a battle but also changed the course of the war in the Pacific. In the stillness that followed the battle, the cost of the fight became starkly apparent. The sea was littered with the detritus of war, smoking ruins of ships, discarded weaponry, and the tragic remnants of human lives lost. Yet amid this wreckage, there was also a glimmer of hope, a sense that the tide of the war had begun to turn. The loss of the convoy was a heavy blow for the Japanese, halting their plans to reinforce LA. This setback was about more than just a failed mission, it was a profound blow to the morale of the Japanese military. The news of the devastating defeat resonated through the halls of power in Tokyo, marking the beginning of the end for Japan's naval dominance in the South Pacific. For the Allies, the victory at Bismarck Sea was a significant boost to their spirits. General MacArthur was hailed as a hero, his strategic brilliance key to the Allies' success. The Allied soldiers, airmen, and sailors, men like Richard Bong and Jay Zemer, were lauded for their bravery and determination. Their victory was a symbol of their collective strength and resilience. The aftermath of the Battle of the Bismarck Sea was not only about tallying losses or celebrating victory. It was a time of reflection on the high cost of war and the sacrifices made. Each fallen soldier, each damaged ship, and each bullet fired was a reminder of the price paid for the liberties we enjoy today. As the sun set on the Bismarck Sea, the echoes of the battle continued to resonate. The event served as a stark turning point in the Pacific Theater, a hard-won victory that brought the Allies a step closer to their ultimate goal, the end of the war. The story of the battle would go down in history, its lessons etched into the annals of military strategy, a testament to human courage, sacrifice, and the indomitable spirit of freedom. Chapter 5 Shifting Tides in the Pacific War In the halls of power in Tokyo, the news of the defeat at the Bismarck Sea was met with a heavy silence. The loss of the convoy was not merely a military setback. It was a significant strategic blow to Japan's ambitions in the South Pacific. The Imperial Japanese Navy, once an awe-inspiring force, had suffered a resounding defeat. Admiral Isoroku Yamamoto, the architect of the infamous Pearl Harbor attack and a commanding figure within the Imperial Japanese Navy, was devastated. He had envisaged the convoy as a lifeline, a crucial support for the ongoing operations in New Guinea. The defeat had thwarted his plan, leaving Japan's forces in New Guinea vulnerable and isolated. This setback forced Japan to rethink its strategies. The high command realized that their navy could no longer roam the Pacific with impunity. Their invincibility was shattered, and they had to come to terms with the growing might of the Allied forces. The Battle of the Bismarck Sea was a wake-up call, signaling that the course of the war was changing. Japan's loss at Bismarck Sea also had a profound effect on the morale of its military. Soldiers and sailors who had once believed in the invincibility of their forces now faced the harsh reality of defeat. The feeling of invincibility, once a powerful weapon in their psychological arsenal, was beginning to crumble. The strategic setback was a turning point in the Pacific War. The defeat had shifted the balance of power and signaled the beginning of Japan's gradual retreat. While they continued to fight with fierce determination, the shadow of the defeat at the Bismarck Sea hung over the remainder of Japan's war effort. It was a clear indication that the tide of the war was turning against them. In stark contrast to the gloom in Tokyo, the atmosphere among the Allies was one of celebration and relief. The victory at the Bismarck Sea was a much-needed boost for their morale. It was a clear sign that the tide of war in the Pacific was starting to turn in their favor. General Douglas MacArthur, the man who had been tasked with defending the Pacific, was hailed as a hero. His strategic brilliance and determination had led the Allies to one of their most significant victories in the Pacific theater. His leadership was not just about the battle plans but also about instilling a sense of belief and determination among his men. The victory at Bismarck Sea was a testament to his vision and leadership. The morale boost wasn't limited to the top echelons of command. The men in the field, pilots like Richard Bong and Jay Zemer, felt a newfound sense of hope and resolve. Their bravery and skill had played a crucial part in the victory, and they were rightfully lauded for their efforts. Stories of their heroism, of the dogfights in the sky and the successful bombing runs, became a source of inspiration for the Allies. The victory at Bismarck Sea also solidified the Allies' belief in their strategies and tactics. The use of low-altitude attacks and aerial bombardment, the reliance on intelligence, and the dogged determination of the aircrews had all paid off. This triumph served to validate their approach and encouraged them to continue with similar tactics in future engagements. The win gave the Allies much more than a tactical advantage, it provided a much-needed lift in spirits and a renewed determination to press on with the fight. The Battle of the Bismarck Sea was a clear indication that their efforts were bearing fruit, a sign that the end of the war could be within their grasp. The victory was a beacon of hope in the brutal landscape of war, illuminating the path to ultimate victory. The Battle of the Bismarck Sea was more than just a military victory, it marked a significant turning point in the Pacific War. The Allies, once on the back foot, had shown that they were a formidable force, capable of striking devastating blows against the once dominant Imperial Japanese Navy. General MacArthur's triumph underscored the shift in momentum. His strategic acumen, backed by the bravery and skill of men like Richard Bong and Jay Zeemer, transformed the battle from a potential catastrophe into a resounding victory. This pivotal moment in the Pacific theater was a clear signal to the world that the Allies were not just surviving, but beginning to seize control. The reverberations of the victory were felt far beyond the waters of the Bismarck Sea. The news of the battle's outcome reached the corridors of power in Washington, London, and other Allied capitals. The victory brought a surge of optimism, instilling a belief that the war could indeed be won. For Japan, the defeat marked the start of a gradual decline. The invincibility of the Imperial Japanese Navy was shattered, and they were forced to take a defensive stance. The Battle of the Bismarck Sea was a stark reminder of the changing dynamics of the war. This turning point had profound effects on the course of the Pacific War. The victory injected new life into the Allied campaign, bolstering morale and strengthening resolve. It was a significant step on the path to ultimate victory and played a pivotal role in shaping the future course of World War II. The Battle of the Bismarck Sea, thus, stands as a key moment in history, a turning point that helped shape the world as we know it today. Chapter 6 The Legacy of the Battle The Battle of the Bismarck Sea was a defining moment in the evolution of modern warfare. The innovative tactics and strategies employed by the Allied forces marked the birth of a new era in military aviation, heralding the advent of modern air power. This transformation was spearheaded by the visionaries of the time, men like General George Kenney, the commander of Allied air forces in the Southwest Pacific. Under Kenney's stewardship, the use of air power evolved from a supporting role to a game-changing force on the battlefield. Kenney and his team championed the use of low-level bombing, a revolutionary tactic that increased bombing accuracy. This tactic was vital in the Battle of the Bismarck Sea enabling the Allied forces to devastate the Japanese convoy with surgical precision. The effectiveness of this strategy was a testament to the adaptability and innovation of the Allied air forces. Another significant figure was Lieutenant General Ennis Whitehead, Kinney's deputy. He played a crucial role in coordinating air attacks and ensuring that the aerial forces operated as a coherent and effective unit. His skillful management of resources and operations contributed immensely to the successful execution of the Allied strategy. The battle also highlighted the importance of advanced reconnaissance and intelligence. It underscored the fact that victory on the battlefield was not just about sheer force, but also about information and timing. The effective use of intelligence to anticipate and disrupt the enemy's plans was instrumental in the Allies' success at Bismarck Sea. The Battle of the Bismarck Sea was a landmark moment in the history of air warfare. It was a clear demonstration of how air power, when used innovatively and strategically, could decisively shape the outcome of a battle. This marked the dawn of a new age in military aviation, setting the stage for the pivotal role of air power in the conflicts to come. While the Battle of the Bismarck Sea represented a crucial victory for the Allies, it was not one without cost. The price of victory was significant, underscoring the harsh realities of war. One of the most poignant aspects of the battle was the loss of life. Both sides suffered casualties, a painful reminder of the human toll of war. Among the Allies, brave men like pilot William Newton, who had relentlessly attacked the Japanese convoy despite intense anti-aircraft fire, made the ultimate sacrifice. Newton was posthumously awarded the Victoria Cross, Britain's highest award for gallantry, but this did little to diminish the sorrow of loss. His story and those of others like him were a poignant reminder of the individual cost of warfare. Beyond the human cost, there was a material cost as well. Airplanes, some of the most advanced machines of their time, were destroyed, and the resources dedicated to the campaign were immense. The battle, while a victory, also underscored the massive expense of modern warfare. Furthermore, the victory also had a psychological cost. The horrors of the battle, the witnessing of destruction and death, left a lasting impact on the men involved. Pilots like Richard Bong and Jay Zimmer, although hailed as heroes, had to grapple with the experiences and trauma of the battle. The psychological impact of the conflict, while less tangible, was a real and profound aspect of the price of victory. The Battle of the Bismarck Sea, therefore, while a milestone victory, also illuminated the enormous costs that come with war. The human loss, the material destruction, and the psychological toll all serve as sobering reminders of the price that is often paid for victory in wartime. The Battle of the Bismarck Sea despite its historical significance, is not always given the attention it deserves in the annals of World War II. Yet, for those who were there, and for the nations it impacted, it remains a vital chapter in their history. The battle is remembered not just for the Allied victory, but also for the bravery and valor of the men involved. Figures like Lieutenant General George Kenney, Pilots Richard Bong, Jay Zimmer, and the late William Newton, are celebrated for their courage and skill. Their stories, filled with daring feats and selfless sacrifice, continue to inspire generations. In Australia and America, the battle is commemorated in museums and war memorials. Exhibits display remnants of the battle, from pieces of downed aircraft to personal artifacts of the soldiers. These tangible reminders bring a sense of immediacy to the events of the past helping to keep the memory of the battle alive. Meanwhile, history books and documentaries offer detailed accounts of the battle, presenting it as a pivotal moment in the Pacific War. These works provide insights into the strategies, the key figures, and the moments that shaped the outcome of the battle. Yet, the memory of the Battle of the Bismarck Sea extends beyond museums and history books. It lives on in the collective memory of the nations involved. For the Allies, it stands as a testament to their resilience and innovation. For Japan, it serves as a reminder of a time of immense challenge and change. In the end, remembering the Battle of the Bismarck Sea is about more than recalling a historic military event. It is about honoring the courage of those who fought, acknowledging the sacrifices made, and understanding the profound impact it had on the course of World War II. It is a significant chapter in the shared history of the nations involved, a reminder of a past that shaped their present and continues to influence their future.